The following interview originally aired on KPOV 88.9 on the Friday Point. You can listen to The Point 9 a.m. each weekday at 88.9 FM or at kpov.org. We didn't want to become dinosaurs. It just happened that way. Feel out of step with reality? Change challenges even the most intellectually adept among us. Speaking of change, which really is inevitable, have you got any change? Can you spare any change, brother? Can you spare a dime? And what's this all about anyway, this Bitcoin idea, really? I'm your host, Steve, and if you think I sound confused, you would be right. I've tinkered with trying to understand cryptocurrency, and is it really worth investigating? Stick around and we will see. Sometimes the price of understanding and knowledge is worth it. After all, we all speculate, don't we? Our guest for today's point is Dennis Elamina, co-founder of MindsetForSuccess.org. Before we begin our conversation today, we would like to state that all opinions voiced today are those of our guest and our own only. They do not reflect the opinions of KPOV, its underwriters, staff, or the board of directors, and is not intended as financial advice or instruction. Always do your due diligence. Dennis Alamania, welcome to the Friday Point. Good to be here. It's great to have you here. I seem to have a be struggling with my tongue this morning. <laughs> so, before we get started, tell us a little bit about your business. What is Mindset for Success? Yes, I've spent over 30 years working with business leaders uh, that are trying to create healthy, high-performance cultures. And so, that's what my organization does is help leaders uh, have the right mindsets in order to be successful. Yeah, it, it's a cinch that being in business today is more challenging than it's ever been. Mm-hmm. And uh, most certainly, I'm sure that you get your fair share of business, that's for sure. So, we'll get right to the, to the biggest question of all. What is Bitcoin? Yes, well, it's a good question. Uh, there's Bitcoin, the currency, and then there's also Bitcoin, the technology. Uh, the technology is called blockchain, and uh, Bitcoin was created back in 2009. The white paper was written in 2008, but um, 2009, that's when the currency was actually created. Uh, blockchain is a technology that I hope the listeners will become curious about. What is blockchain? How can it help us with practical, everyday challenges that we might have, like supply chain, for example? Blockchain has a, a opportunity to help people uh, secure uh, supplies and things that they need for their businesses um, on an everyday basis. Yeah, I can see where this would be in most cases, more applicable to businesses than just the general public. Maybe that's part of the confusion. Uh, and, and every time I hear about it, it is confusing. So why was it created and who created it? Yes, uh, Satoshi Nakamoto is the name that has been uh, given to the person that created it. However, Satoshi Nakamoto is a mystery. A person by this name or a group by this name wrote a white paper in 2008. You can Google white paper, Bitcoin, and it'll pop up and you can read it yourself. But um, we don't know exactly who Satoshi Nakamoto is. We know that uh, they created Bitcoin and then they walked away from it as far as we know. And we may never know who Satoshi Nakamoto is. 
But uh, why was it created? Uh, it was created during the financial crisis of 2008, 2009. So most of us remember that period of time. There was a lack of trust for financial institutions. And so blockchain was created so that you didn't have to trust a central authority. And that's what Bitcoin is based on, is this blockchain technology. And it has lots of potential that we're just exploring and just getting to know just recently. And so it's just in the nascent stages of development, just like the internet was back in the early 1990s. Yeah, I hope, as you mentioned the term white paper, I hope that if anybody uh, takes the time, and I probably will, to read that, is it close enough to layman's terms that it actually makes sense? Yeah, I think so. It's uh, You'll get the gist of it, and that's what's important. And so I'd encourage you to give it a try. Uh, our currency today is not really based on anything. The, you know, We went off the gold standard in 1971, President Nixon. The dollar has been devalued by 86% since 1971, largely because we just keep printing more money, which devalues every dollar. And that's what creates inflation, which is what we're fighting today. I was trying to think of the term. It's fiat currency. Fiat currency. Yeah, yeah. It, which which really kind of gives you a, an un... <laughs> kind of a, 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 a queasy feeling about what's happening to wealth and money and yeah. how we acquire wealth and s- try to save money. Right. So I think you've touched on the problem that it solves, but should you go into more detail on that? Oh, yes. There's, there's a lot of detail to, to share. The problem that it tries to solve is taking away central authority. Uh, because right now, we have to trust central authority, the, the Treasury Department, the Fed, because they're the ones that are making these decisions. Jerome Powell, uh, I'm sure he's a good person and, you know, he's got family and he's like you and I, but yet he's a powerful position right now. And how they determine interest rates and that will affect you and I and, and how much we pay for food and gas and all those things. So what if we could take away those influential organizations and structures And that's what Bitcoin essentially does. It's decentralized. There is no leader. It is computers around the world that create this blockchain. So there is no central authority. And that's what a a lot of people like about it. And that's what Satoshi created because he saw the institution, the financial institutions sort of falling apart and betraying the trust, you know, that uh, we were giving them. So it's kind of a sophisticated barter system, possibly? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You could you could see it that way. But the, the nice thing is is I could sell uh, Bitcoin to my daughter who's in Spain right now or Vietnam or in China uh, because it's, it's a peer-to-peer, peer-to-peer type of product. Well, and, you know, it would explain why I think that there's – a fair amount of criticism of it. Mm-hmm. And I, I sometimes I think it's difficult to understand the criticism when it is, I guess, for lack of a better term, sophisticated barber, barter system. Yeah, and the criticism is, is well-founded. Uh, it is a volatile asset. I got in in 2015. Bitcoin was around $300 a coin, a token. 
It went up to $68,000 at one point. It is now down to about 17000 I think, 500 or something like that this morning. So it fluctuates in value tremendously. So there's plenty of criticism to go around for this new asset. But it does hold great promise uh, for people, and I think it can stabilize a system. If our house of cards, our financial house of cards come tumbling down, Bitcoin gives us a a framework to use that uh, could be an alternative. Yeah, who'd ever thought, I know often you see in in, uh, movies that involve a criminal element, (laughs) these huge stacks of paper money. Yeah. And it becomes cumbersome to a point that seems ridiculous. But I guess that's kind of a hallmark of this system. So I I don't want to jump too far ahead unless you have something more to say about that particular question, do you? Yes. uh, Early on, it was sort of a clandestine product that... Uh, criminals were using to escape tax authority or uh, and and so there was this cloud around the the product at that time but there's always a cloud around the internet too you know there were bad things in the in the internet but yet uh, we let it grow and become something that uh, gave us a lot of good things that outweighed the bad uh, at least some would argue that and but uh, same thing with bitcoin it's it's not as secretive as people might think. It does try to protect your privacy. You have a personal key that you are supposed to register and don't put it on your phone or computer or anything. You know, you put it on a in a file in your cabinet somewhere. So if you ever lose your computer or phone, you can you still use your personal key to log into your assets, you know, that you uh, invest in. And you can transfer assets from your checking account right into your Bitcoin and buy these products that are, that are out there. I just encourage people and encourage you to be curious about it and and try to look into it and versus some people are very quick to judge and say oh it's a it's a ponzi scheme it's you know it's a fraud and you hear experts saying that but yet uh, they said the same thing about the internet in the early 90s i remember an astrophysicist said uh, oh this will have no commercial value whatsoever for the internet you know he was wrong and he was an expert in not only astrophysics but in the internet and he was just dead wrong and i think i just encourage people to be curious about it and make your own judgment well fortunately i think in our world human behavior dictates that generally speaking humans want to do the right thing and there's always a small percentage in almost any endeavor or any industry or anything else that are not going to play by the rules and i think that's the the one of the big problems yeah and, and it, it is the wild west in some ways steve so uh that's why i encourage people to be cautious be curious but be cautious about what you invest don't only invest what you can afford to lose so you wouldn't want to put your life savings into this uh, your retirement accounts or something. But uh, it, it's worth putting some in. Some financial planners recommend 4 to 5% maybe of your investable assets might go into something like this. So that, that's a place to start. Okay, before we go too much further, how difficult is it to get started in the Bitcoin purchase part of yeah. this activity? Yeah, you know, it's not that difficult. Actually, uh, if you have a PayPal account or a Venmo account, which certainly a lot of young people uh, use those accounts today, you can buy Bitcoin right there. So it's, it's not that uh, difficult to start to buy it. 
like I say, at times it, it really makes me feel like a dinosaur because, <laughs> you know, well, when I was growing up, a candy bar cost a nickel. Can't imagine that. But that's the, that's the way it was. Right. So I, I think we can ask this question. How is Bitcoin and how is it different than cryptocurrency? Yeah, uh, Bitcoin is a cryptocurrency. And what's happened since 2015 is they've created a whole bunch up to, uh, this last count was maybe 10,000 different coins that you can invest in. If you think of an IPO on the stock market, you know, uh, they now have ICOs, which is an initial coin offering. Now, you should be very cautious of these, but uh, there are some products out there that are trying to solve real problems. And so um, that's something to look into and try to find out more about. But it's Bitcoin and <clears throat> the, uh, the other product that's sort of side by side. Bitcoin is called Ethereum. So Bitcoin and Ethereum, I've heard people say, if you're going to get involved in cryptocurrencies, invest in those two and just hang on and see where it goes. Some people are predicting that Bitcoin will go to a million dollars a coin. Uh, And if demand ratchets up in the world on Bitcoin, that could certainly happen. So um, it might be something to put a little bit of money in and, hey, if it goes to a million, guess what? You know, you hit the lottery, that's great. Uh, But if it doesn't, then uh, it's okay and you know, you haven't lost your life savings. So uh, a little bit could go a long way. It just depends on where it goes from here. Well, and ultimately, it, it begs the question, is it a Ponzi scheme? That's, that's a good question. And, well, and, and I guess kind of further that, uh, the fact that our U.S. currency is starting to lose its place as the reserve currency in the world, is, that, is this going to have an effect on both of those issues, yeah. Um, well, certainly having the being the reserve currency is a big plus for the United States in the dollar. There is talk about a basket of currencies replacing the dollar, which could be a traumatic thing uh, for our financial system. But Bitcoin could be a replacement too, if if it continues to grow. Now, the thing about Bitcoin is, is only twenty one million tokens. And no more. There will never be a printing press where we do more Bitcoin. It's only 21 million. And once we hit that, there will be no more. Right now, there's around 19 million tokens circulating. So uh, if the demand goes up, it's simple supply and and demand, right? Uh, The price is, is going to go up as well. So that's the thing that makes it attractive is there's no central agency that's going to ratchet this up. There's a set amount. There's 19 million out there now. There's two more million that can be, quote, mined. And that's just computer talk for generating more of these coins. But there's only 21 million. There'll never be more than that. Well, because we've only got uh, a brief amount of time left, 
I think you've done a good job of, of telling us where we can learn about it. Anything else that you would mention in terms of people learning about this? Uh, yes. You know, I stopped in at the library, and there's a nice gentleman there at Dakota. Uh, he's, he's got all kinds of resources you can check out uh, at the library. So in, in Bend, uh, feel free to stop there. Uh, my wife was going through the grocery uh, the other day, and you know how they have those magazines sitting there teasing you as you check out? There was one on the Complete Guide to Cryptocurrency. Uh, and so there's lots of resources around. I have a couple books. The, the one I really in, am enjoying is Bitcoin Pizza by Samantha Radaccia. Uh, and Bitcoin Pizza is something easy to remember. You can just uh, Google it and you can find it on Amazon. But it's a young person's account of Bitcoin and all the possibilities that she sees. And she's a, a bright uh, young lady that stopped, a, a started a couple of businesses. Uh, so, um, so that's a good resource as well. I'd say just get curious, start asking some questions, and educate yourself, and uh, you know, make uh, Bitcoin something you understand. Yeah. Well, and you know, I think I remember the advice of a lot of the guys I worked with. They said that you know the U.S. should have never went off the gold standard, and this kind of yeah. runs a parallel line in terms of determining the wealth of a given increment of wealth. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, there are people believe that Bitcoin could be a store of value. So it's something that, you know, it's like gold. You know, you invest in gold because, you know, you're not going to lose the value. Uh, so some believe that some challenge that it's uh, it's a little bit of the Wild West right now. So I encourage caution with people, but explore it. Be curious. Uh, I, I think you might find some fun stuff. Uh, it's It's been a, a, a real pleasure getting to learn a little bit more about this. And we're so glad that you made it into the station today because we know you're traveling to Pennsylvania tomorrow. That's right. So yes. w- we want to thank you for coming in and, and at least clearing the water to some degree. Yeah. And uh, uh, maybe when you come back next spring, we'll have you on again. Oh, I'd be love to. It'd be great to talk about this. It's fun stuff for me. So. Great. Thank you, Dennis. Thanks for listening to this KPOV podcast. KPOV is community radio for the high desert of Central Oregon. For more information on our program schedule, go to kpov.org. We value your feedback. Drop us a note at podcast at kpov.org.